Hello everyone, I'm John Mark Williams. I'm the Chief Executive of the Institute of Leadership and Management and I welcome you to our monthly podcast show, Leadership at the Edge, a podcast for leaders in any context, anywhere. On the last Thursday of every month, I'm joined by senior leaders from around the world to discuss their real-life experiences of leadership, to challenge outdated leadership practices and to offer a fresh take on the issues that today's leaders face. We invite you to join this conversation via social media using the hashtag leadership at the edge or to send a voice message in response to any question or challenge that we might give to you, the audience. For information or to register for future podcasts and webinars, visit our website, www.institutelm.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series and leave a review. I am privileged to have as my guest today, Kate Brett-Goldman. Kate is the CEO and founder of Cybermaniacs, bringing new ideas and unique perspectives to cybersecurity awareness. And I know Kate spent about 20 years in the IT trenches focused on solving complex technical problems and, and implementing compliance and regulatory programs, leading transformation initiatives digitally and empowering people for change. And Kate has previously worked with Gartner, Parsons, Brinkerhoff, Easy Castle, Omnicom, big names there, and has also run a successful boutique consultancy firm out of London before she founded Cybermaniacs. Kate, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you here. And, and it's particularly great to see, uh, to have a conversation with somebody, I think around such an important subject uh, at least we are told, as cybersecurity. So I guess the first question that arises immediately is, is cybersecurity as important as the messaging we are now hearing? I think it's probably more important. Oh, right. Okay. Tell me why. Tell me why. So let's throw down that gauntlet right, right, off, the, right off the bat. You know, I, I do think that there is probably a level of mixed messaging depending on where you are. Um, I think the closer you get to technology and cybersecurity in terms of your role as a leader at organizations, the, the more you probably understand the scope and scale of what we're actually talking about. Um, I think, however, when you move into, for instance, small to mid-sized businesses, when you move into perhaps industries that to date have not been as affected or are perhaps not considered, let's say, critical infrastructure, because we could certainly have a conversation about that this week. Um, you know, I think that there is a general sort of like, well, I know it's important and I'm hearing a lot about it in the news, but the connecting the dots in terms of how to affect change or how to assess that risk at your organization, it's, you know, it's not there. So is it as important as we hear? I think it's more important. I think that there's actually much larger forces at play and there's much bigger things at risk than just your business or your data. And in a way we all need to um, come together and we all need to upskill ourselves and our companies to be able to handle this because it is really a global scourge. It's a global threat. Um, I think it's Cybersecurity Ventures said that the total cost of cybercrime globally this year is $6 trillion. Wow, that's a, um, you know, trillion here, trillion there. It's pretty soon you're talking about real money. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's an enormous sum, of course. Now, and and I'm just picking up on that, that's such an important amount of value uh, in, in the economy across the globe. How do we educate those smaller businesses, smaller companies? How do we educate those people who are not close to cybersecurity about the importance of it? 
Look, I think it's going to be a multi-pronged approach. And I think that the, you know, certainly there's a lot out there in the media now that's starting to cover this. And I think there's great institutions like the Institute of Leadership and Management that are starting to provide that education and content to their, you know, their association members. Um, the, the trick is that when you come down to a certain level of small to mid-sized businesses, it's always a question of resources. It's always right. a question of time. It's always a question of the direction of the leaders at the organization and what they choose to focus on. Certainly last year with the pandemic, there's many small business leaders that I talked to, mid-sized business leaders, you know, upwards of five, six, seven, 10,000 employees. So not small companies by any stretch of the imagination, but perhaps not um, as mature in their journey towards cybersecurity or risk management as a competency, as a business function. Right. And I think what we heard a lot was, look, we are doing everything we can to secure a loan, to continue our business operations. We, were, we are focused on cash flow. We are focused on getting our employees just basically set up to function in remote working. Um, now that most of that pandemic crisis part of it is over, hopefully cross fingers, right? Knock on wood. The, 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 the challenge is that now we have to kind of get back to what's the next level of business operations we need to deal with, knowing that these kind of events can happen and being able to put the resiliency into our businesses. So the original question you asked is, you know, how do small business leaders, you know, how do we start getting them to education? And I think it's any way possible. It's first of all, making sure that the leaders are educated and making sure that they have the right context of why this is happening and how it's happening because, um, you know, I don't, I don't want, you know, you get, I don't know how to say this nicely, not like you get to a certain age, you start paying attention, but we get really good at what we get really good at. And as humans, it's natural for us to focus on our strengths and to kind of go into like the, I'm a finance person or I'm a this, and these are my domains of expertise. And it, you know, I think now that I'm crossed into perhaps a, a little bit of that age group, it's wonderful to actually sometimes know what you're doing. Not always, sometimes. Um, and to be like, actually, I've seen that before. And I know how these things work together. And I, I enjoy taking in new knowledge and applying it in different ways. But the, the level of focus that we need to put on cybersecurity, data and information classification, privacy, um, personal information, all these things that the company really need a top-down approach to start. And then it needs a uh, ability to do a grassroots from the bottom up. So I think it's that dual-pronged approach. I think it's, we need to get the leadership on board so that they understand that cybersecurity, a cybersecurity culture can be the heart of the organization, but then they need to empower people to actually enact the behavioral and personal change necessary to drive this forward. So, well, that's really, really interesting because the, the historically, um, and I think still to a degree at the moment, cybersecurity has been seen as a as a technical issue, mm. not a a business behavioral issue, if you like. And I, I'm picking up that actually it's it's about business resilience in the broadest possible sense, not just about the tech. It's actually also, therefore, a question of confidence in the leadership in adopting it as an important business resilience issue and then empowering people to just get on and do the right things. And so is that is that challenge of giving leaders confidence to take on cybersecurity? Is that something that you as cybermaniacs that you that you focus on? I think partly, I think that we're we're more focused on the uh, everyday average person with a computer because 
80% of breaches have a human cause. And so the, the raison d'etre of what we're doing is empowering employees to change their behavior and to give them um, both structured learning and autonomous learning and personal development, you know, outside of just what you need to do for anti-phishing for the company, but like, yep. how do you secure yourself and your family online? How did you secure your parents? How do you keep your community safe? And how do you keep the places that you work safe. So we're looking at it from a holistic end user, I could say, or average person perspective. But within that thread, we have specific modules and trainings for leadership, absolutely, because there's a different context that they need to understand as custodians of business assets, as custodians of the organization at large, and they have more um, accountability and responsibility for the employees at the firm. So thinking about information, knowledge, data as a business value asset, because as they say, data is the new oil. Um, you know, how, how are you safeguarding that and how are you putting the right policies, practices in place? And then how are you ensuring your humans are doing the right thing? The challenge that, you know, as you were saying, is it a technical issue? The challenge is that, yes, there's absolutely a major technical component to cybersecurity and you have to get those right that is table stakes right. you have got to bring in the right expertise to build your own cyber strategy your risk mitigation strategy you need to have preventative measures in place you need to understand what you will do if there is an incident i should actually say when there is an incident you have to understand how cyber insurance plays into this and what your policy actually covers and no function, John, you and I say this all the time, no function is an island. So this is a holistic group of leadership that needs to sit down and go, let's do it. Let's crack this nut and let's go through the whole thing to understand as a function, as a company, as an organization and custodians of people and assets, how do we make the right decisions based on our risk? And I will not discount the risk that's out there because hackers are now not just targeting servers. They are targeting your humans. So as I like to say, hackers are, um, they're going after your humanware more than they're right. going after your hardware uh, because mm -hmm. humans are easier to hack right now than a server. And with so many things going online, um, the, the protections are not in place. Right. Very interesting. So the on the one hand, we've got the tech is an absolutely necessary yet not sufficient condition for attention uh, and consequently maybe those companies that do see cybersecurity as a business resilience issue, in fact, actually as an organizational resilience issue in the round, they may well have a competitive advantage in future. Well, this is exactly it. And I think this is also the promise of digital transformation if done mm -hmm. in the right, uh, let's say, philosophy ethos of let's change the business, let's transform the business, but let's also make sure that we're doing it in the right direction for value. The thing that I have always found interesting is that when cyber, you know, bless, bless them, when cyber professionals come in and they're like, no, protect everything, whatever, <laughs> their intention is good. Their intention is to protect the crown jewels, make sure the things that keep the business functioning are happening, make sure that things like ransomware won't actually happen, make sure the backups are in place. And sometimes it seems rather boring, hygienic, absolutely needs to be done, no questions about that. But yep. the second level of this is the same as digital transformation. If you can pull cybersecurity into those transformation teams, even if you pull it in with HR and business change and agility, all those things, the, the value of 
protecting your data and understanding where your data is and going through, for instance, using GDPR as a data cleanup exercise, even of, yep. if you do it with that in mind, then you do get the, the pain of having to do it. True, fair enough, right? But then you also get the value of like, oh man, now we know what kind of data we have, where it is, what's most protected and in, important to us. What can we have outside the boundaries for collaboration? What needs to stay inside the boundaries? Um, and those exercises alone can provide agility because then everything is organized. You've jettisoned what's not important. You've gone down to what is valuable to our business and then you can go faster because of it. So there's a benefit to that, yeah. Yeah, clearly, yeah. And, and I was just thinking that the, the, as you were saying, as you were talking there, this idea of, of uh, the, the business, we call it a business, as a three-dimensional um, organism, if you like, really. Finance is one dimension. And of course, business has, pays attention to that. Operations, general operational effectiveness is another dimension. We generally think of the people as the, the third dimension, which of course underpins everything else. As you said earlier on, cybersecurity is a people issue. It's not a technical issue. So actually embedded in that third dimension of people is this issue of security and security in cybersecurity terms, especially. Well, absolutely. I mean, some of the statistics around this are absolutely shocking. Um, over 80% of breaches have a human cause. And that could be human error. That could be not knowing the right thing to do, thinking you know the right thing to do, but doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, malicious insiders, which do need to be discussed because that has been espionage and IP theft has been, I think for a long time, the realm of large global enterprises, but it is affecting mid-sized firms, especially if you have uh, R&D or strategic IP that you're developing you know, even as a startup, you have to consider these things. So you're right, the people side has to be um, part of the equation. And, and, and because the hackers know this, they're targeting in more effective mm -hmm. and more efficient ways, um, the humans at your organization. So think of spear phishing, which has been absolutely exploding over the last year. Companies, you know, uh, organized crime, organized cyber criminals and state-sponsored threats have been able to collect data information on us through social media, through our interactions, whether they've been sitting on our email or inside our network and we don't know, they will craft a con, a scam of fraud, um, of very specific and convincing tones. So some people are like, oh, these are just phishing emails. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the bad grammar and the graphics are off and I can recognize <laughs> yeah. this. This is like, no, 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 no. They've been watching your CEO and how they talk for months. Right. And then they're going to do one laser beam right at the finance department to say, hey, these are our new account numbers. Could you wire this, please? Wow. So unless you have the process in place to actually say, before we do a wire transfer or before we change any banking details with any of our providers, we do a phone call initiated by us to an approved point of contact. And we, you know, have a secret code word because that makes it fun. Um, you know, oranges or, you know, bananas, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, so, but that's the thing is, but the difference between that just being a policy or a process that you define and that being understood, accepted and done by people, yep. as you and I know are two different things. And that's yep. what we're trying to focus on, which is, people have to know the right thing to do and they have to have a spidey sense awareness of what's going on and what the general threat vectors are because this is changing people. This stuff changes all the time. So when we say change people, it's not a once and done. It's a continual effort. Cybercrime is going to you know, morph and change every single day. 
So your people have to be aware that this is targeting their organizations and then they have to want to do the right thing. Right. In the face of a question, because there are going to be questions. So this this is really interesting because initially, I think many people will get the view that uh, this is about changing people's behaviour. Actually, mm. because cybercrime changes all the time, this is not just changing a behaviour; it's changing the way that people approach yeah. behaviour in the context of every different day. Really, this is, as you said, this is we have to be prepared to change ourselves in line with the changes that cybercrime are, are positing. No, that's exactly right. It's a, it is a mindset shift. And it's interesting because having spent 20 years in IT change, right, and yeah. helping users onto the bus, like, look, we just rolled up the ERP, please use it. Like, you know, put the right data in the right field. And you asked for these requirements, why aren't you using them? Yeah. Um, you know, through, through that whole process of software design at companies big and large, the the, the flipping that kind of approach over into cybersecurity, the thing that is different, which is a good thing and a bad thing, is that you know, I think, John, we've talked about technology change and how it affects people and what kind of crazy roller coaster we're on with the forced industrial revolution and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But because there's this personal aspect to how we interact with our devices, right? And there is a consumer part of that. There's part of our lives of people that have gone online, banking, shopping, streaming, Bluetooth, I can't even, like, we could have a whole other conversation about IoT and what, how shocking that is. I think last year, the average home had 10 connected devices. Wow. But if you can connect it, they can hack it, right? Yep. So there's this personal element of this, which is really interesting. And then there's the corporate element of it, which is how we act at work, how we deal with email, how we deal with data assets, customer information, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that we saw as a unifying element is it's still one human being that has to function in these different ways. Yep. And so if we're, you're right, if we have to change the behaviors, then we're not like you need to comply with the policy because that's not what people like. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many times I've actually changed because of those things. But if you flip the equation over, you go, look, here's you. Here's protecting digital you, as we like to say. Here's protecting your family. Here's a safe home. Here's, you know, what, what are biometrics? What's 2FA? How do you turn on a password manager? All those things need to be done because it's the mindset shift first that, look, digital is now part of our lives. There is a digital you and you have a digital future. And I sound very, you know, very TED talky when I say those things, but I think those are the concepts that people have to actually understand because we've kind of been strung along over the last maybe five to 10 years. And we've just been like, oh, great, new stuff. Wow, that's convenient. Look, I can boop, boop. I can scan a QR code. I can get whatever I want. And that's all great. But we haven't ever stopped to say, what are the consequences of that? Or how does it affect our security, our privacy, our data, who we are? Through that lens, we get the hearts and minds of people to actually go, oh, dang, those are my kids' pictures. Wait a second. They're going to hold my kids' pictures for ransom. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yes, they are. And then we can get the hearts and minds into the business too, which is like, oh yeah, same stuff applies. And that's really interesting because that that's, makes everything personal and it starts to really matter to people. On the basis of, of it all being personal, I know Cybermaniacs has a, an approach which is often described as fun because of the puppets that you use and stuff like this. Is, is that, do you think that's um, likely to become almost the default, this idea of making things so much fun that people will personally see them as worth engaging with? 
Yeah, you know, I think there's an element of fun. I think I'm the kind of person who believes in fun at work and yeah. I love to have a laugh. And I do think that when people bring their whole selves to work, we get more out of our yeah. human resources and our human-based assets. But, you know, it's not just about fun. I think people need some levity. Certainly this year, we all need a joke. Um, <laughs> something yeah. to keep us, something to keep us engaged and going. I think that there is actually something bigger at play, which is real learning really helping people change, really helping people adopt better habits requires a level of um, information and knowledge, context, you have to apply to their values, we have to get to their hearts and minds. And then the most important thing for us is we cannot make it dry and boring because that has been sort of the domain of cybersecurity yep. for, the, for the past approaches. And I know there's also a lot of other people out there trying to change this, so it's certainly not just cyber maniacs. And I've seen this approach in other management um, training and other, I think L&D in general is going through a evolution, which is fantastic because we need personalized dynamic learning. We need to help people in the flow of their work as they work. We need to provide, I like to provide learning as content. And so content that is, has a bit of entertainment, maybe a bit of infotainment, a bit of commercial appeal or at least creativity so that we make it fun, make it interesting, make it novel, make it engaging for each person as they go through the journey. And I think that that's, maybe it's a decentralization of this. You know, we've seen quite a few um, different products break up into a million pieces and come into this dynamic development because AI, machine learning and data driven approaches allow us to do that. So that's what's exciting to me is that how do I get something that's for you? You know, how do I get something for John that says, John, here's your life. Here's what you need to protect. Here's the things that are important. Here's your current level of knowledge and skill above average, of course. Um, <laughs> and then how do I nudge you forwards and give you the context you need without all the extra stuff you don't? Because sometimes in those 40 minute corporate training slide decks of death, you know, you're going to be over training some people and under training others. And then that actually is waste. Well, let's do it better. Let's do it better. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Kate, on, on that basis, then, um, one last question, which is, uh, inevitably, do you have a top tip for somebody who might be thinking about, especially bearing in mind the importance of cybercrime and cybersecurity, if we've just been talking about, a tip for some, anybody aspiring to toward a leadership position in the cybersecurity business, actually? You know, cybersecurity, there is, it's an interesting industry right now. I think it is fast moving. It is complex. It is technical. It is interesting. It changes every day. If you're the kind of person who doesn't mind a bit of high stress table stakes, because you know, there are <laughs> quite a few, um, and, and really likes to solve challenging problems, then it is absolutely a fantastic industry to be in. I think the challenge the industry is having today is there is, there is absolutely a skills gap. And there is absolutely um, hiring need. The, the challenge is most companies want to hire people who have 10 years of experience and there aren't enough of those. So companies themselves, recruiting departments are going through a cathartic crisis, I guess yeah. you could call it. And I find a lot of times that disheartens people who are actually looking to enter the industry. And so the advice I would give people who are looking to enter the industry is you know, even if you can get experience in something tangential, or even if you can get experience in something technical, network, 
Um, if you want to go the technical route, that's great. But even project management skills, even HR culture skills, all those things are super important. So if you're interested in cybersecurity, just build up your body of knowledge, start networking. There's a huge community on LinkedIn. There's a huge community on Twitter. And even though we seem kind of scary at first, there's so many people in cybersecurity that are willing to mentor and willing to help. So just start by reaching out. Fantastic. Kate, Brett, Goldman, thank you very, very much indeed. What a superb conversation, highlighting some of the challenges that we all face around cybersecurity and pointing the way to some of the solutions as well. Kate, thank you so much for being with us. That's been a tremendous conversation, and I look forward to having more conversations about this very theme in the future. Kate, Brett, Goldman, thank you. Thank you, John, for having me.